0: Hey, Mike, where'd you get these Endless Summer movie tickets from?
1: Whoa, I love those. That's from my Endless Summer box set.
0: Ooh, where'd you get that from?
1: The link is in the show notes, baby.
0: Come on, on, on. a Slippery, big guns like my food. My food. Trap jumping like a cage.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the QuiverCast, where we chat with surfers from all around the world, from all walks of life, and we get their story. Find us at www.thequivercast.com. I am Mike, your host. Let's get into the show. Hey everyone, this is Mike here with the QuiverCast. I'm super stoked. I got Zoltan Turquoise on the show today how are you doing Zoltan I'm doing great man I'm doing really good super stoked honored to be on your show so well thank you first off your name raddest name ever like super cool kind of unusual in the American way to tell us a little history of your name well thank you first
2: off and I really appreciate it I have to say that my mom hit it out of the park yeah, that day she when she did. named me. Um, yeah. It's helped me a lot in my life, you know, from parties or whatever, when you're like, hey, drop that one. And they're like, oh, what? Your name's Oltan?" Um, and then you go, yeah, and I'm, I'm hung, Hungarian, you know, and they, it, it's a good one. So, yeah, well, it references that my dad is actually a Hungarian immigrant um, from Hungary. And they only have like 365 names that you can be named. Really interesting, yeah. Um, and if you want a different name, you actually have to register it with Hungary. And and there's name days, so you want there's a benefit to be Bela or Zoltan or Chaba. So, cause so it's like, rad. Yeah, so there's like a Zoltan Day where everyone parties named Zoltan. Um, so, <laughs> So yes. you want you want those names. Yes. And my name originally was going to be Attila Valentino. Okay. Torcos. Okay. Um after like Attila the Hun. Yeah. And then Valentino my dad said that I was going to be a great lovers boy, you know, lover like, you yeah. know, like you know, uh, so anyways my mom wanted to name me Anthony and they fought back and forth cuz she's Italian, you know, so then I got to be she picked Zoltan, uh, Zoltan Anthony Torcos. Okay,
1: so, so that's Thought how we I got,
2: yeah, right on crazy and stuff.
1: That, how do you say it with the Hungarian accent, not the American accent? Zoltan Torcos. Torcos, all right, Brad, dude.
2: Have you been yeah. to Hungary? Uh, when I was a little kid, do you remember it? Yeah, I do. Um. I remember like the chasing my grandma's ducks and they were all mad at me because I kept chasing the ducks and, yeah. and freaking everything out on the farm. Going to like these crazy swimming pools and swim holes and the Hungarians just swimming with all their clothes on. Wow. They were just so crazy, just partying, you know, drinking wine.
1: Different culture than here, huh?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. The uh kind of a, I guess what I've always known is it's kind of like a, a boy named Sue type culture.
1: Okay, okay
2: where you probably, you fight more than you get, uh, fed, you know, (laughs) where they're always, you know, then that's how I was raised because I was raised by my dad and he fought in the Hungarian revolution at even like five years old and threw Molotovs at tanks, rocks at, you know, tanks and stuff. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Then came to America and, uh, fought for America in the Korean war. Oh, wow. It's cool to have different cultures and learn, you know, from different things. And that's why I kind of always felt like, uh, Surfing was like the surf army for me, but in the unrule way, is that because you know, surfing, it's like who's uh, having the most fun. Okay. Okay. Is the best surfer. And yeah. that's like ultimate rebel sport. You know, like if you don't break in the rules, you're not doing it right, is okay. what I've always been taught by, uh, you know, the, the originals I've been around, like uh, Richard Schmidt, Barney, Walt, Vince, you know, my older brother. I was lucky that on the street I grew up on, that's who were my neighbors. Uh, when we moved there when I was like three years old, I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, and I met Barney he was skateboarding on his hands. Uh and he was like ten years older than me, you know, but he yeah. was skateboarding on his hands. And I was a little kid, you know, in my career, okay. but I remember it to this day is because the guy was skateboarding on his hands screaming, I'm Sean Barney Barron, and he had a big red uh Afro like uh wow. carrot top wow. screaming and jumping around like that. And then uh he used to jump roof to roof. Like you, Spider Man, and pretend you Spider Man, <laughs> and climb down chimneys and let all the neighborhood kids in, and then we thrash and play in these people's houses and stuff. It was just like right out of a movie, you know, Santa Cruz at that time.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a
2: great childhood.
1: Man, there's so many ways we can splinter off here, but let's stick on that. Your West Side, um, yeah, well, but
2: I was born on the Midtown,
1: okay, um, fair.
2: So and my brother was born in uh, Mexico. my Older okay. brother. Yeah, but then I moved to the West Side. But I don't like really care. Like you know, obviously I was raised around all those people, but uh, more than anything, I like going everywhere and being cool with everyone. But it was okay, so hilarious. were never
1: one of those guys. At, does it exist anymore? Does the East Side West well, Side it was thing full exist? Full
2: on when I was a kid and yeah. everything. But uh, the thing was is that I've always been a weird. Like if everyone was a gang, I'm a one man army. Okay. Like, I want to be Rambo. I want to be that one dude standing up there with the flaming arrow while the bullets are flying by my yeah. face and I blow the fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's right. Like, I mean, I don't want to just sit around and just be, I've never been quite a follower and I've always been kind of chastised that I'm a little weird and strange, but that goes along <laughs> with doing magic shows every weekend with my mom. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I, we do like four a weekend. Um, and We'll she come back was, to that.
1: Yeah, oh, anyways. Uh, but The, the magic's but, on the list, man. We were talking yeah, about yeah. That.
2: But that just, I mean, it was just toning in with my, um, I guess, eccentricity as a child.
1: Okay. All right. It kind of makes sense. It makes sense. I see what you're saying. So the west side, east side thing you weren't involved in, and you just surfed everywhere, right? Yeah, I've always surfed
2: everywhere. And I always tried to, actually, this is my theory, is that I surf to get away from people. And that's that's what kind of even pissed off, like, my friend Carl, who told me to do the kickflip. Because I'll even go hike across a farm field down a cliff in the middle of nowhere just to surf by myself because that's why i surf i surf to get away from people i surf to get away from schools i surf to get away from society away from people telling me what to do and nothing new for surfers i mean this goes back to mickey dora uh saying this stuff
1: kind of a loner kind of like not a loner but like Tranquility, maybe, or like peace.
2: Yeah, that's what we're all looking for. So, like to go surfing a pack of people and steamers, then, you're
1: talking about, maybe. Yeah, like that's okay. the pack, right? That's the pack. Yeah. Well,
2: and if you can, yeah, exactly. And you know, but it's good because, like, I did the first kickflip ever there, at least on video for me and everything. And that's a good place because uh it's like an arena. And it, it, like Barney told me when I was a kid is that that's a special place and that I can make things happen. Like, you know, Kevin Reed did the first air there in front of, I remember the story and you know what I mean, from everyone. In, is that he did the air right there in front of, I think, Vince and Joey Thomas. And I, I'm, I'm obviously leaving people out. Yeah, of but, course. But, you know, blasted an air off the cliff and pulled it way before I was born. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, anyways, yeah, yeah. that's what influenced even me is doing the kickflip because having these guys doing tricks that no one's doing. And then I was on the air show tour when I was in the my 20s and on the Vans air show tours, and I had pro sponsors, but that kind of died out. Sponsors died out, led to me going and, you know, having a wife and kid doing uh, butcher work in Safeway and places like, you know what
1: I mean? So anyway. So let's go way back. Let's, let's stick on that. You're a kid. You're you're seeing the, the Barney <laughs> around, right? All yeah, these- yeah. Guys full of personality, the guys of Santa Cruz, like these guys Absolutely. are going to make big names for themselves and they're not telling you to go paddle out with them. You're, you're finding your own break or like, how, how does that go? Was there no peer pressure? Well, at one point, cause I surfed a lot when I was really little
2: and I got pretty good and everything with my brother, it got just super crazy going with, cause my brother's uh, eight years older than me. Right. Yeah. So when I was like seven, he was a lot older than me and That's going right. with hip- him and his friends and I was like the mascot yeah of course I was like the one they were throwing off the cliff with no (laughs) parachute screaming parachute you know what I mean and screaming come on quit being a wimp paddle out and I'm just getting blown up you know on beach break and all this stuff so anyways I got to a point where I was like oh you know I never want to surf again I wanted to play baseball and but my friend I wanted to skateboard And my brother was laughing. He was like, "What? You never want to surf again?" And I was like, "No, all I want to do is skateboard." And my friend could skateboard the snake at Derby already, and we were really little. And I started skateboarding a lot with him, doing some boogie board, you know, just grom stuff, playing baseball, hanging out, kid, yeah, because I was hanging out with you know people eight years older than me a lot, and it was kind of fun to go skateboard and just mess around, play baseball. At a certain point, when I was like, you know, I'd say about maybe twelve or thirteen. I was with my, you know, family and they found a kneeboard. Wow, okay. At Lover's Point in Monterey. Okay. F- found a kneeboard on the beach. What happened is it ended up being the board that I started surfing again on. And my mm-hmm. brother was laughing and I think all that skateboarding in between led to the kickflip, you know,
1: and so much more. So, it was kind of cool. And then Santa Cruz too, Growing up in Santa Cruz, it's just huge surf culture, and it's been there for so long. But yet, you guys are kind of segregated, you know? There's not m- much groups of surfers until you get to, like, San Francisco, probably. I'm sure there's a few guys scattered around, but Santa Cruz is the surfing destination of Central California.
2: Yeah. No, agreed. I mean, it's, it definitely is, and um, especially when I was a kid, Yeah, the level of surfing huge. was Unbelievable. Yeah. And people were taking it serious as far as there was great filmers, Tony Roberts documenting it, people like that. And so what happened was the level I was like, as far as I don't know what was going on in the water, it was great. But there was that whole age group that was just on top of pushing the limits and there wasn't just one doing it. It was everyone. So I go to the lane and it was like watching a surf movie. Yeah. and uh, I get it. You know, like, people don't realize what a great surfer Vince Collier was. and Ripped. Ripped. He was blasting airs on, like, two-foot waves in front of me on his little, uh, little fish. They're yeah. super thick, like, little twin fin. Because he shaped my first board, and it was a pintail twin fin. Really? And before that, my brother took Barney's old board and stripped it down and made me a pintail twin fin. And then Vince made me a pintail twinser. Okay. That's yeah. what it was. Right. And it was insane. Um, and it had a bowl on it. And I did my first air on it. I can't say, undisclosed undis- place, but I remember that was a huge thing because I'd only been surfing for a year and everyone had been surfing a lot longer. And I never did junior guards or anything like that. Like all these kids were at the beach a lot more, maybe, you know? And I was always skating and hanging out with all these rattly kids and stuff. So I came flying down the wave and blasted in air. And I remember my knees. Went perfectly up to my chest like I was skateboarding, at, you know, like a half yeah. pipe. And then it, like, I did that and I landed in front of everyone. And then everyone boomed back and was like, oh my God, oh my God. And like in the junior high, I was like, uh, cool for doing an air. And it was like the first one I ever tried. Okay. And so it meant so much to me to do airs because it was so special. Because, you know, when you get celebrated by your peers yeah, and then it becomes like something cool. Like at school, it's like, you know, like a uh, positive thing for a child, you know, like how sp- sports are, uh, you know, supposed to be positive in your life.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, how did you even start surfing? Like your brother, I guess, right? And he's the one kind of motivates you? Yeah, because I had the brother eight years older than me yeah, in a neighborhood
2: okay. that all surfed. And that's all the other kids too, like close to my age, we're always talking about. And I was on the big wheel. With the pit bull and I had the pit bull before anyone, you know, like, cause we yeah. didn't know we got it at the flea market. We didn't even know we got a pit bull. Everyone's like, you have a pit bull <laughs> and it would hang out and walk on the leash. It would scratch on the door, let itself in and out. It was a smartest dog look wow. both ways before it crossed the street. Cause it would hang out with me like little rascals
1: That's right. And
2: how cool you were was by, like, who gave you the stickers? And, like, Big Bird, Richard's older brother. Okay. And he's, like, the first guy to ever surf Mavericks besides Jeff Clark and stuff, uh, him and Tom Powers. You know, I got the stickers from him, and I put it on my, you know, my uh, big wheel or whatever and pretend it's a surfboard. Yeah. Because, you know, I could only go from, like, that one, po- uh, you know, light pole to the next light pole at that point.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You're regulating, parents. <laughs> you couldn't just go anywhere. Yeah, but it I seems just- like you were getting pushed, and you were in this environment that was blowing up like top-notch surfers world-class surfers yeah Yeah, and you're in the mix of that that's rad it was beyond cool when i was a little kid
2: martin potter stayed across the street with (laughs) walt and won the cold water and i remember them coming back and partying and being like you know like out front like on my little skateboard like doing little surf turns in my driveway like oh my god dude like i'm You know, you pretend you're the guy. I'm "I'm Martin Potter in your head, you know, like, you know, like, oh, my God. Like, wow. That was cool. Um, And it was the Pepsi O'Neill one or something trippy like that. I can't quite remember, but it was a big deal. Yeah, I think he
1: might have had the cover or something on that. I remember the picture of, like, our Potter surfing that. It was sweet. Did you talk to Potter?
2: Um, I remember them all out there and cheering, and I was always giving everyone cheers because I got, like, the always the root, you know, like, woo, Grom. Like, you know, like, it was cool. Um, Or throwing out some stickers, and they were all just everyone was stoked. I walked over and everyone, but it wasn't like I was all like I never bothered anyone. They look because when you live that close, yeah, it's like being the campground right over, yeah. So you it's like you see them a lot. Like that's why I never per se like surfed with them because I'd see them after the surf session, and I would check the waves by coming out of my house and if by whose car is gone, how good the waves are, or (laughs) what spots. So That's I'd be good. like, oh, Barney's car is gone. Okay, this spot's good. Or if Walt's car is gone, oh, okay, whew, time to go to the lane. Oh, psh. you know what I mean? So yeah. it was super It was super sick. And if all the cars were gone, I knew I better just grab my stuff, get on my bike, and start pedaling as hard as I can.
1: Okay, how far <laughs> back did you live?
2: <laughs> uh, a few, you know, not, not a whole lot, like, you know, four or five, you know, five blocks back. But it was, okay. for some reason, it was the Mecca. And yeah. I can't tell you why all the pros lived on one block. Really, the whole Santa Cruz in the circles, and it was, we had our own little market, um, Santa Cruz market, and we'd oh. hang out there, like you know, get all your after surf snacks, okay, and everything. It was it was super. It's I mean, like I the can't spot? explain it.
1: Like everyone just kind yeah, of hung we're out? just
2: yeah. Well, you'd always see people afterwards. Obviously, they're like you know either getting their Gatorades, their beers, their you know. It was it was it's cool. That's it was cool. a cool neighborhood for that reason. We had your little you know candy store and everything. So.
1: Was there anybody else your age, or were you just the Grom with all the older kids? Oh, no. There was definitely... In
2: fact, my age group was a bunch of super shredders. Okay. Um, Who were you hanging out with and surfing with? Well, I was surfing a lot with like... There was like Joey Hudson, Mm -hmm. and his dad was the Hutt Tuck, and set the world record for the downhill skateboarding record. Oh, wow. I think he was like the first Santa Cruz skateboard team rider. And so I had their dad's autograph on my wall like when i was a kid like they came to the schoolers so it was cool like like a lot of inspiration yeah. that was just one kid i yeah. can go on and on i mean i don't know where we would go on and on i could do a million explanations of these top <laughs> characters because it was that cool i that was at that time you yeah. couldn't turn your back without running into a top athlete right. um and then the street i lived on the kid next door the parents woke up to him playing the piano when he was three. Wow. And playing like some Mozart song or something heavy. And he no ended way. up being on Star Search when we were little kids. And he was only a few years older than me and has a top act in Las Vegas at the Palms. So it was kind of crazy. And the other neighbor won $11 million. The neighbors across the uh, street won the lottery. <laughs> the lottery? Oh, shit. Yeah. And Richard was winning all the big wave stuff when I was a little kid. He was like basically not even real. You know, yeah. to us, because even though we lived there, we, we would see him. you know, in between winning like Sunset Beach, and it was yeah. like the big coolest thing ever. And you give us surf stickers when you come back from like the Huntington contest, yeah, um, the US Open. I remember, and it was like how cool you were in the neighborhood was who you got your stickers from. It was of course. super sick, it was yeah. super cool.
1: Cool time. The skateboard industry was doing well there with Santa Cruz,
2: yes, it was uh, so many high end skateboarders and surfers and just doing it, not for any sponsors, but because they loved it. And that was really fun and important to be around because no one was filming any of this stuff or documenting it. Yeah. Um, cause no one had phones. It was only like kids that maybe, you know, had that connection, but a lot of us were just doing it for, you know, cheap thrills.
1: Okay. So, so moving on, you're getting older in life. Now you're a teenager or whatever. At what point, Did it register in your mind that you wanted to surf? Because you surf differently than the regular guy. You kind of said that you're you're kind of you like to do your own thing.
2: Well, you know, obviously, um, the the airs magically pushing me to go into the air, and then growing up around air surfers, skateboarding, like I said. But then being weird, it was. It sounds really crazy. Is that when I used to surf more like you know normal and do contests, I do you know pretty good, okay. just doing like you know straight ups and cutbacks. And then when I started learning pop um, you know way back in the day when like just Joe Cremo was doing them and a few other people, right. And I was doing them up here. I started doing bad in contests, mm. and Your it was surfing weird. Changed, yeah, and my surfing changed, and I, and I'm not saying anything about. It's just what they weren't looking for. And then I guess I kind of liked being weirder. So it kind of pushed me to even (laughs) do maybe more stuff that made them mad. And like, that's not surfing. You know, any kid who was attracted to it because they got kicked out of baseball. And got that's what also, too, was another like, you know, because I was just hyper kid and I wanted to jump around. And I'd throw the ball and they told me that I couldn't throw the ball as much because it scared kids and made them cry. And they told my mom I couldn't throw the, like, even the first, I was just so excited. I had a high, high, uh, you know, I wanted to be a pro baseball player, but I don't think they wanted me to be. So, you know, it was, it was, I just, I loved it. You know, everything I try to give it, at least, you know, that I give it a wholehearted try and love it, you know, but surfing, you don't need a team, a coach. You can be kicked out of everything and go surf and be out in the middle of water, you know, and, and not have to listen to a bunch of land lovers right
1: yeah land <laughs> lovers. that's that's a good one do you think that society even in santa cruz you guys being you know a, a surf centric skate centric i guess even like probably like a little outdoorsy because you know the the wilderness the redwoods are right behind you guys do you think that um it makes you guys different as a group oh
2: man absolutely i mean i I've had friends, you know, visit me from city surfers and stuff, and they right. were like, oh, man, you guys are, like, always dirty because we're always <laughs> hiking through stuff. And, like, you know, even probably that I'm wearing this stuff is because it was foggy this morning, you know, out, and yeah. we're always climbing through some, you know, mud or to a big extent. I've even been told, like, you know, I don't realize it till I hang out, was that I'm always pointing out trees. <laughs> and everywhere I go, oh, I like your trees in this yard, oh, I like your plants. Oh, I'm all this, you know, and, and you wouldn't expect that I'm a tree hugger and don't know it um, just <laughs> growing up here, you know, and I'm all into nature. And I, I really do appreciate the beautiful nature being around hippies again, but for love, not like, you know, the fake like I dress like it because that's I mean, who cares? Yeah. But if you really appreciate it and you're trying to, you know, pack your trash or whatever you do. Um, and you're not preaching to anyone. That's important.
1: Yeah, those are actually pretty good words right there. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, how did the kickflip come in? At what point did it register in your mind, I got to try this? All right. And so,
2: I- yeah, yeah. No. Well, okay. In my opinion, but I don't know anything was like the progression, at least like from my skateboarding point of view. Okay. Was that you kind of like, you learn the airs first would be the ollie. Then you like, you right. learn the pop shove it's or varials or whatever people want to call these, those pop shove it things. Mm-hmm. And then you learn that like on your skateboard, you're sitting there and you're doing your little pop shove it after your ollie. And then you learn the kick flip or you learn the 180 air, I guess would be somewhere along there. Uh, maybe even before the pop shove it was that you skateboard, you learn the ollie. Then you learn your little 180 ollie. Then okay. you learn a pop shove it, then a kick flip. So I just figured that's kind of what I was trying to do with the surfing, was just kind of just working on the progression. Mm -hmm. And then when I did the air shows, it always was a huge deal. And I would half-heartedly try them and see a lot of the top air guys, you know, try them or even try finger flips. A lot of surfers way back then, um, Zach Rinhart. Oh, yeah. Um it's on video. I can't remember the video. You might have to pull the clip of him doing a finger flip in the ocean and almost pulling it off way back in the day. Like a lot of people came real close to finger flips even in the contest. So there was this need like back then, I'm claiming if they didn't cut off the air shows back then, people would have done a kick flip or a finger flip, maybe even way back then, because we were kind of on that track. And I just kind of feel like I was lucky enough to not fall off and mm-hmm. keep surfing, and I had no other choice but to keep progressing, even though I wasn't in the air shows anymore. I was like, "All right, well,
1: that was like the holy grail of trick surfing." So, actually, let's talk about that for a minute. The air shows were around for I don't know, maybe ten years, give or take, right?
2: Yeah, I can't quite remember either, but I would say that something like that. That's
1: very, that's very good. I see why they came into fruition because. There was guys that were surfed differently than the NSSA guys or, or maybe the ASP guys at the time, right? They needed their own tour. Surfer Magazine was doing it. I can't remember who else was doing it, right? How were you guys treating each other? Was it competitive or was it all like fun? Was it rivalries? What was it? What was going on at these air shows? It was um, a fun rivalry. Okay. To kind of put those
2: two together because I don't think no one really cared too if you like I think at one point they had to put a rule in about snaking people, but everyone was just like going on waves and whoever did an air. And it was kind of like, you know, pretty um, radical like that. It was a free for all. um, Non-traditional. Non-traditional. And it was like, you know, who did the gnarliest thing? And and people were trying, you know, crazy stuff. And they were even like promoting like the kickflip back then. Like, who's going to be the next one to do the kickflip? And they would, you know, say people that were that close, like, that's extra points, 50 points. So, you know, it was kind of sweet. And then it was real special. I think that, like I said, so many people, and that was when uh, Aaron McGorkin did the flip, you know, like in the, you know, not in the contest, but then I'm sure he's done them in the contest because that was the air show. But people were doing rodeos. A lot was born from that time. There was Cremo doing the shrink wrap. Um, I'd say, I mean, a lot of tricks were being invented from that early era, is what yeah. I was trying to say.
1: Anyway. Yeah, no. So,
2: was it fun? <laughs> oh, it was the funnest thing ever. It was the most fun. Someone that feeds off progression. Yes. Would love to be someone maybe like uh, involved in it now, maybe announcing or something and something like that.
1: Yeah, they put the air into the regular contest, but I think there still could be a tour. There's not, as far as I know. There should be, though yeah
2: I don't i I've always kind of didn't understand that because right now there's even always a fight with progression on mm-hmm. the tour and I think progression should always be highly ranked because like um in skateboarding yeah. say if someone does the new trick all yeah. right now everyone's got to do it and they're that guy celebrated whoever does like the gnarliest new trick it's not even who wins contests because mm-hmm. that's not even like you know skateboarding's you know, born from doing the wrong things, mm-hmm. you know, like, so it, it to be like, you know, surfing, not understand that. And where they're, where they're actually, you know, their father, you know, we invented skateboarding surfers yeah. and we kind of lost track. And original surfers were the most rebels. Right. That's what people don't realize is that, you know, we were the most rebels breaking the rules, not doing it for anything, but because we loved it, living in vans, riding our surfboards, you know not going to work you know yeah. doing doing the most radical big old beards, long hair saying yeah right i'm going to do that so not listening is where we learned yeah um, that's what our forefathers taught us about surfing
1: yeah <laughs> it, 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 i think it just happens natural too there's guys that <laughs> and there's 60 that never had a real job it's it's and that's good uh, and bad i'm sure but i will i mean you know there's you got to realize that there's
2: worser things. That's what I was laughing. Me and my friends, we were all like trying, we don't like to burn people and we were thinking about, oh, it's bad. We feel bad when we burn someone. I was thinking, gosh, what? <laughs> if that's like your bad thing in life, like there's people really doing bad things, doing that's harm true. to people. And yeah. if that's our bad thing that we, you know, went surfing a lot and, and maybe felt bad for burning someone, like, I mean, there could be worse. Okay. There could be a worser hand in the world.
1: I got to talk about that <laughs> for a minute. I have to. Okay, so you're, someone's going down the line. Do you, at what point does it register, I got to take off in front of this guy? Or gal, whoever it is.
2: Oh, man. You got to make sure, I I mean, if you burn a a gal or a grom, you look extra bad because that's like chivalry. (laughs) Like, you can't do that. Right there, you're already, you feel horrible because you're trying to cheer them on because you know how hard it is for people to get waves. And then if they get a wave, you're like... Oh my god cuz you know I teach beginners so I know how yeah. excited they are just to ride a little wave that you're like in the whitewater so if they, you know I don't like to burn people but if they're not going to make it
1: Yes okay that's not burning them though
2: No cuz and and that has some, I have messed up and then I feel bad you know and I can't say though when I was young and it was a whole different lineup Yes it was a dog eat dog world Yes growing up where I did and that's what I mean I'm not trying to, you know, say anything cuz it's not I'm not here to prove what's right or wrong, but I've seen both sides of the lineup yeah. and either you evolve or you get left behind. Okay. And I, I like found the- that with everything I've done in life is that oh, either yeah. I'm going to keep evolving <laughs> or get left behind and get called a dinosaur and whatever it is. Oh, you're still doing that even though I grew up in the heart of it. Yeah. But in a time when you had to kick water in people's faces and paddle at the lake or whatever it is, you know, it's just how the waves worked, but now it's good. And because you know, kids want to surf, but then it's not good when people don't want to hold onto their board and okay. and tell you that it's the board's fault. Oh, I have a new board. I'm sorry. I'm trying. I can hit people with it. And then if they're hitting little kids and ladies, it's like, come on, man! Like, so you know, it's a it's yeah. a weird world out there. Too much gray. Too much. So gray. in Santa
1: Cruz, I mean, I'm sure there's more outsiders now, but back in, let's say your heyday basically everyone's surfing i'm sure the lane or even pleasure point or whatever these guys all live in this area you have to see these guys regular and gals yes outsiders are probably screwed you guys are probably burning every outsider there was even if they can rip
2: oh well it was a i mean even if you they knew you and you like you'd be already hearing their heckling of your nicknames just climbing (laughs) down the cliff you know what i mean and there was a point where
1: Oh, that's funny.
2: Everyone surfed in the neighborhood. And it was different. It was a smaller town. Yes. Everyone knew each other. And the way the wave was set up, you know, and there'd be Groms throwing rocks off the cliff, rib bones, eating ribs and throwing them at, you know, people. <laughs> like everything was going on when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, but it, that's how it was. And it was like, it didn't end there too. Like if they liked you, you'd be at the pizza parlor later with your friends, like, you know, playing video games and they'd show up and like, You know, headlock you, Grom beat you, and then take off and do a burnout in the parking lot. And the parents (laughs) and people there would be like, who are those guys? Like, all scared, the workers, and be like, oh, those are our friends. You know, and they were like, who are these Groms? Like, whoa, they just got beat up by full-grown, like, you know, gladiators just busted down the door and gave them Grom beatings.
1: Yeah. Once (laughs) again, it's the outsiders that don't understand, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: If they didn't, if you didn't get that, that you didn't like you, you weren't in. Yeah. And, you know, that was part of it was like, you know, when you like Vince was really nice to me and I always, uh, and I brought him a bag of change for my first surfboard as a Grom like here, I want to buy a surfboard. And wow. he was so cool to me and not mean. And I didn't even know he was gnarly or anything. Cause he was always nice to me. Yeah. And, uh, weird. he was super rad and he started, how gnarly. <laughs> he was- yeah, no, it was cool. It was a cool <laughs> neighborhood. I, you know, I, and I didn't realize how gnarly everyone was okay. and how a lot of them were like war vets or this and it was a real safe neighborhood that's why you hear stories of me playing like oh it was cool because everyone kept an eye on me yeah you know if you wanted to have a street fight they're like you can do it in our, you know in our yard so we can watch you know <laughs> wow, and like and then yeah. it, but in, and then it wouldn't get weird you know no one was using weapons we were just little kids out there kicking each other punching each other and then it was all when we're best friends
1: yeah you know so wow yeah, different yeah. world than today
2: yeah 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 Different world completely. So it's it's hard to even judge it on now. And then if you are like, Oh well, I grew up when it was like this. Well it's not, and you can either be mad all the time or just celebrate a new era, you know, of new things. Okay. So you have kids? Yeah, 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 yeah. How many kids you got? I got two uh daughters. Okay. Eleven years old and fourteen years old. Wow.
1: How different is their childhood from yours?
2: Oh, way different. Um, yeah. Cause I was raised with very eccentric parents. You know, my dad was right from another country.
1: Yeah.
2: He grew up, you know, with Stalinism and, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. And that he was really like, you know, hard up for food and would have to chase rabbits in the snowbanks with a stick and a, and a starving dog and then throw the stick and, you know, trip the rabbit up and then run up and grab the rabbit and, you know, from the dog and, you know, fight the dog for the rabbit and then eat the rabbit with, you know, like wow. he grew up just, you know, like doing such uh wild things. And then that was kind of bred into me. Mm-hmm. I think in some ways having that as a child, mm-hmm. you know, like learning a lot.
1: How did yeah. your dad get over here?
2: Political yeah. asylum. Cause we fought uh, Russia and America, even, uh, Elvis does a song about how much he loves Hungary Because we stood up, you know, to everything and said, we want freedom. And we're freedom fighters. Yeah. Revolutionaries. I'm a revolutionary surfer. <laughs> so that's right. You yeah. actually are. No, I, I like, but yeah, thank you, man.
1: Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. Because you had a fight. Didn't you have to fight Volcom to get your money? Or how'd that go down?
2: Well, that's, as you saw that, you know, I can barely use a computer because my wife had to help me with it. Um, <laughs> yeah it was i got really lucky that the internet okay um stuck up for me a lot yeah. and i cuz i really just pressed send they okay. acted like oh i did all this special stuff but it really went huge i couldn't believe it next thing you know it was on espn sports nation and it went up against kobe bryant and the la lakers winning eight games me doing the kick flip And then I won on votes, 61% over the LA Lakers and Kobe Bryant on national TV. And it was like, wow, it was so crazy. That's so cool. Yo, it was, man, imagine me seeing who I'm like, finally, oh, I'm going to be on ESPN. And I'm sitting here, turn it on, barely like get home, turn it on. And it's showing, I'm like, oh, wait, I have to go up against the LA Lakers. Oh, no. And I, I won magically. And then the clip was going huge. Like I said, I you know, it was yeah. on news. They're calling me up like, oh, come on. Like my phone was ringing. It was tr- truly a magical moment, especially doing it for my friend Carl because his last day on earth was like, do the kickflip. It's going to change your life. Like, Because I was like, you know, at a butcher shop, wasting my life away, trying so hard, getting nowhere. And then I tried the kickflip, like I said, in front of him, like jokingly. Okay. And claiming like, oh, when I pull it. Or I'm gonna name it after you. I even said something as weird as like that that day to him. It was so weird, like oh I'm gonna name it after you, like you know. (laughs) And then like it was, I don't know how to explain any of it that day. Yeah. Anyways, it made me want to do it, and then made me want to pull it off in every atmosphere I've been in, like the wake surfing or the wave pool, even though I've had limited tries, like with the wake surfing, the fourth time wake surfing. I pulled the kickflip
1: and that can be found on your uh, Instagram too, right?
2: Yeah. I got to okay. repost that, that one. Cause it yeah. happened nine years Sick. ago. Yeah. Th- thank you. And then I, the one I did backside first one uh, was last October mm-hmm. in front of DJ James and uh, crowd control Brett. Okay. And he shapes for a lot of the top pros He was out out on a trip from Florida and we just met, went on the boat. I drove two and a half hours to get on the boat. Yeah, We only had like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, because you have to watch everyone else ride. Okay. And I was like, man, oh man, I have to make this happen. And literally (laughs) we were driving back to the end of the day, bro. That was my last run. Okay. And I was like, oh, I have to do it for Carl. Like I was like. Looked up to the, you know, the stars, like even though it wasn't so, you know, looked up to the sky like, oh, please, please, for, you know, let me do this for all my friends. Wow. And, and then it happened and then he stopped the boat, jumped out and we're like, Carl, because in the first one, oh, that's so cool. I was screaming his name too, you know, because he inspired me to do it, you know, Carl Reimer. And it, it was magical. You want to tell us a little bit about Carl and your this friendship? Absolutely, man. Yeah. Tell us uh, about Carl. Um, absolutely. Well, you know, it was, I met him through another older neighborhood kid who told me, Hey, you got to meet this, this Grom. He's gnarly. He's super gnarly. And I'm like, Oh yeah, whatever, I whatever. And then I seen this kid and, uh, really couldn't believe it. He had like, you know, all this poise and all this personality, you know, all built up into one and was like a great person. He was working to put his girlfriend through college and was one of the best surfers around beating everyone in contests and then training and was all about being a good person and even though i was older because mm-hmm. i was always you know like i was raised by the you know the motley crew and i yeah. was like oh yeah that's what we could always do like you know crazy stuff because like i remember even when we were little kids like barney and me like barney was like oh Thought it was okay to drop nails on other kids because we didn't <laughs> think it would hurt them. And me and him, you know, even though he was older. And like, you know, Carl was the kind of kid that was like, "What are you guys doing? You guys are, you know, can't be doing that." And it wasn't because we're mean. We're just, oh, no. you know, yeah, yeah, just wild, wild. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, so great then, kid, great yeah, person. So you guys
1: had your last surfing, and then like, oh that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what happened
2: to Carl? Uh, did we split ways? We went surfing. And he said that, you know, he always believed in me and I should, you know, go and be a, you know, do the kickflip, be a pro surfer, all this, you know, crazy stuff. And I was like, oh, my style's number two. Mm-hmm. I can't be number one. I don't want to be involved in this stuff. Then I obviously left because I had to go back to my baby and my wife mm-hmm. and get ready for work because I worked on the night crew in the butcher shop. I was batting cleanup. Yeah. So I had to go clean the butcher shop every day. So I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I gotta go. We surf. We had a great time. Okay, you know, easy. I I have to do the kickflip kind of thing. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of wrote him off. Styles number two. Just the biggest write offs for it. You know. We, you know, wrote off whatever. Went. And then later that next day, nothing. Even texted him because he worked at a surf shop. Oh, hey, can you get me a traction? Mm. even like at 10 30 at night and didn't realize, you know, so, and he was leaving a party at this complex and he left the party and they thought he was someone else. And the guy was hidden in the bushes and came up and shot him. And the other kid ran as hard as he could. And that kid was the kid driving me on the day when I did the last wake surfing kickflip. Wow! Because it, I had a lot of inspiration just talking in the car for two and a half hours about everything. That's why I probably pulled it my one time in like three three years wake surfing. Wow. So they shot him, and I thought he was okay because last I heard was that they were going to take him and you know he, or you know just through the grapevine he was going to be okay. And so I'm yeah. working the next day, and I saw this local guy, and he goes, "Oh, you know, I can barely talk about this part, but um, yeah, I'm sorry, dude. No, 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 it's but it's real." Okay. um I'm not against talking about. It. I'm just le- explaining myself. Yeah. Um. You know, people are like, oh, he. You know, he got shot, and I'm like, oh man, no, no, but he's gonna be okay. And then, uh. You know, obviously, I found out, yeah. and I got really upset, and they sent me away from work. Wow. And that's when I really thought about what I wanted to do mm-hmm. uh, for him and for the revolution of surfing. Yeah. So when Volcom even said, "Oh, you're not going to get the money," I said, "That's fine, because I did it for the for my friend and for to oh. revolutionize surfing."
1: Yeah, that's what that's that's cool. That, I mean, that's that's, that's right story. my story. Thank you, sir. Thank, you. Yeah. Thank no, you. No, I love that. Yeah, it's just I I know it's hard for you, and I didn't want to stir any emotions. I apologize.
2: No, no, no. And I'm one of those people, like I said, I don't want to dodge from it because it's real, and I feel like you should feel your emotions in life, yeah. and that's what made me. Go do something positive because obviously that takes you to a bad place. Mm-hmm. But my friend was such a good person that he wouldn't want you to do something bad. So yeah, that, that's, that's right. important.
1: Yeah, um, it's important. And he's kind of your motivation too. Like it sounds like, like he was yeah. pushing you. Yeah, because I mean, everyone has, you know, like
2: you know, obviously you're like, oh, instead of doing something really horrible. I want to honor him through something. Uh, that's positive. right. Yeah, so, you're honoring him. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. And yeah. I'm glad you got the money. You well-deserved. Oh, did thank you. Shit. Yeah, you thank did you, that dude. shit. So. Yeah, appreciate it,
2: man. Um, that was really special. And that's all I can say is, um, you know, when you, you get to honor your friend, it, it, it's magical.
1: How often are you pulling those things off? I mean, it's, it's your move. You own that thing. There's other guys that maybe can kind of do it, but you're consistently doing that yeah
2: um i'd say i can you know when the waves are good and i have a board i haven't broke a board and i'm like getting to use the same board again and again okay and and the waves are good you know i can usually pull one a session at least sometimes i can pull three a session i have pulled two on one wave (laughs) three (laughs) times on video and one time with a guy with a gopro behind me wow yeah so, I mean, when you get on a roll and then also too, the waves are, and maybe I have, you know, more time to surf, teaching less lessons, you know, mm-hmm. but whatever it is, there's also too, like, sometimes you'll get a magic board yeah. and you'll be pulling all the time. And then you snap that board,
1: <laughs>
2: you know, or mess it all up. Okay. Um, and then you maybe don't get the, the same board because you'd have different shapers right. like, switching in between shapers.
1: No board, no two boards are ever the same, no matter what. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So and unfortunately I'm not you know, don't have endless boards. So sometimes that can be like a problem too. Like you're just snapping your favorite boards and you're like, Oh, I just want to surf this because I you know, just doing surfing, it's not like I want everyone to watch it, but just doing a rad cutback feels so good on a nice board. Yeah. It just feels great. It feels great.
1: My question actually I had this written down is what what's your dimensions on your board? Are you riding a traditional shortboard? Yeah, so this is a great question. Um, on the board
2: that I just did the last wake surfing kickflip yeah. backside, mm-hmm. that's the same board that I've done kickflips at the best spots in Santa Cruz. You know what I mean? On video, okay. yeah. And it's like a five nine.
1: Oh, wow, I wanna okay. I want to say. Okay.
2: It has those cool cutout rails. You know those ones that have the little carve rail in them.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: So it was pretty cool. How wide is it? God, I don't have the dimension on that. Oh, okay, it, are
1: you like? Is it thinner? Is it like more? Like, is it like eighteen and something or nineteen? Or is it like? You don't I, know. You know.
2: Yeah, because I when I've kick kickflip foam boards, um, and <laughs> and like even wider. Wa- yeah, like wave storms. Yeah. Um, it really doesn't.
1: <laughs> that seems
2: impossible, by the way. But okay. Oh man, just the wave! If you need a good wave for the wave storm, bro. No. uh... <laughs> If you get a good enough wave because it's a big board, I've kickflip longboards. And what the heck? So it just it depends on, I guess, the wave, too. Yeah, it, how
1: steep it is, maybe? Or...
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, like, the velocity of, like, anything, like, when you're flying down the street on a skateboard and you're going to jump over something, you need that much speed
1: Yes, yes to
2: yes. flip a big board. And I think that's why the kick flip on a surfboard is even different than a skateboard.
1: Oh, it, yeah, it's 100%.
2: Because they have like trucks and we have, you know, fins. Yeah. It's also a lot bigger boards. So you have to be more of like a caveman, maybe more or like, you know, put more into it like a football player. Okay. I guess. Would yeah. Be. Yeah.
1: 100%. Do you have like a certain shaper, one guy you're dealing with, or are you getting different boards from different shapers?
2: Well, one of the people that have been helping the surfing revolution, like is rooster brand okay. from Australia. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, and he's been shaping boards forever for all kinds of people. And he's like a big time glasser. And I met him when he lived in San Clemente and then also crowd control that was on the boat that day. He just sent me two new boards. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And I've got one other board from solid. So, and that's like a hemp board. So, you know, it's just like, I'm trying to, you know, they're just nice enough to give me boards and. Now I'm looking for a wake surf board because both wake surf uh first that I ever did, like the first wake surfing kickflip I did nine years ago, frontside. Yep. I used my
1: 6-1. Okay.
2: Um when I and it was in Las Vegas. I got off the plane with a surfboard in my hands and went to Lake Mead. <laughs> because they were like and at the time the boards just were weird that they gave me uh but I bet if I had like a real wake surfboard and like chances behind the boat like a boat sponsor or like a yeah a wake surfboard sponsor that took me on the boat whatever i feel like i could progress a lot it it's like you know getting to use the pitching machine and yeah. pitch as many times you can it's, do it over and over endless wave it's super cool and my wife likes it so much and my daughters because like they think of surfing as i leave them on a cold beach and paddle away yeah and and this one they're on the boat yeah they're involved yeah, everyone's involved, and they get a churn real easy, and everyone can be, like, you know, wearing a minimal wetsuit if you are. Right. It's not, like, all this hectic stuff, because where I live is... Can cold. Be cold. Cold and gnarly. Epping and like, cold,
1: dude. It's so cold.
2: <laughs> you got to love it. You have to love it and, like, really want it and, like, you know, escaping from something. Like I said, like, you know, like, teachers yelling at you or you know okay. don't have you know dying to do a sport but there's no other sport you're, that you can do you know it's like where mm. surfing's a great sport like that it's like uh punk rock music you don't even have to be able to play the instrument <laughs> to have a band <laughs> i don't know, you about know? That, but okay yeah <laughs> maybe that's how it started <laughs> you know i like i like <laughs> yeah. that anything like that where it's it's not put into a rule book
1: yeah that's what i'm saying there are rule books in surfing but you're breaking them and you're doing good and you they Someone needs to progress it, and you're one of the guys that are doing that. So that's rad. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um,
2: yeah, I, I was really lucky. This kid told me this crazy stuff. Like, oh man, I really loved the kickflip. And okay. I was thinking he's not a kid. Like, he's like, oh, as a kid, I loved the kickflip. And he was like, well, I was 12 years old when you did the kickflip. And then I wasn't realizing like, and this kid's like 24. I did the kickflip like 20. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's something crazy. Yeah, do the it math. was like. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, wow, like it, it, it's cool because these people are actually born or grew up with the kickflip. So for them, anything's possible. Yeah. And where the magazines all hated on me, not in a weird way, like as far as, well, in a weird way, they said, no one's gonna love the kickflips. You're crazy. Don't try them. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. And then I see the kids, I was like, no, the kids, I was even thinking, well, your kids. Or your grandkids are going to love it, and they're going to do stuff I'm not doing. Right? Skateboarding kickflip is a twelve year old's trick, if not right. younger. And mm-hmm. one day the, the surfing, surfing gonna, one gonna will up. be will be the same thing. And people are crazy, just like airs. You see, eight year olds doing crazy airs in surfing in oh, wave good. pools, and so you These understand. These kids are a, phenomenal. Yes, but they're the future. I have kids. I know about
1: it. Okay. Actually, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Since you have kids in that age bracket, you're talking about. Yes. Do you think kids are starting too early nowadays that they're losing the love for it by, their te- by the time they're a teenager or something? It becomes baseball. Baseball is not the same as surfing. When you grew up surfing, you were with these outcast of all ages in this, in this environment, this raw, especially in Santa Cruz, so cold, and kelp, and just you got to walk down this cliff and you don't even know if you're going to make it back up. No, and no, and yeah, baseball, you, yeah. you got all these adults kind of watching these kids and you're in this you're in this bubble, you can't leave. Are kids I get it surfing too soon and, and maybe losing the love of surfing? Well,
2: I think where they, it goes wrong is that if you're teaching a kid
1: mm-hmm. to
2: surf because they should be a pro surfer.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Or okay, be even
2: go. good or even be good at it. Mm-hmm you're already going wrong because it's just a way to go out and enjoy nature and like paddle the board around and say what's up to an otter and go cruise around. and, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you go past, swim under, look at some kelp, open your eyes. Like, why are you taking it that serious? That's like when I teach surfing for Richard Schmidt. Like I, as long as they're having fun, that's the most important thing. Like if you get up on one knee and I've had like, you know, sports dads, like they're doing it wrong. It's not what, what you you said. You know, and I'm like, well, you no, know, they're smiling. And I asked the kid right in front of the day, are you having fun? And they're like, I'm having the best time. And I'm thinking, and I'm like, right, they're the best surfer. Because I, I tell them, if, if my kid was getting up on one leg and riding it for three seconds and falling over and smiling, who cares? And that's where I learned it from my older brother, Rigo. Barney, Big Bird, they were all like, literally, there was no rules, like literally riding on their stomach, you know, flipping you off, like, what? you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like, there was no rules to it. It wasn't cool. It was was (laughs) anti-cool.
1: Let's say you were talking about a parent of a kid just a minute ago, you were saying the kid's on one knee and the dad's like, you're doing it wrong. That dad's never surfed probably a day in his life. He doesn't understand how hard it is.
2: Well, Yeah. And he was barely getting up and then he wanted to be all mad at his kid. And I didn't, you know, exactly. He was a sports dad. That's why I was saying. He didn't come from surfing. Right. Um, Yeah. When you've surfed, it's different. Like, you, you know, we've, we are different. We get beat up by the ocean and then we have extreme compassion too. I think that is abnormal because anytime the ocean has humbled you so much through your life, you've learned to have a great sense of humor and then have a lot of compassion for people like beginners or people are going to make mistakes in life. Of course. But if you redeem yourself and say sorry or whatever, but um, you got to be room to you know learn in life and look stupid and be free. And yeah. that's important for people to remember that with themselves and children or whoever.
1: Actually, I need to ask you one more question. We're going way back from like 15 minutes ago about you saying you burn people sometimes, you and your friend. Do you make eye contact with them before?
2: <laughs> oh, when I burn my friends?
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, they know you're going. Well, that's why even like when my friend filmed the kickflip, you know, like could film me like and I'd surf in front of him and do the kickflip is because yeah. I used to burn him all the time when we were kids. <laughs> and so it was an easy win for me and him. He was like, oh, dude, you we grew up and always burning. But I also helped him get his first wetsuit so yeah. he could surf with me and hooked okay. him up with his first board but there was always like that hazing yes and that the hazing that, yeah there was also that was involved with friendship because if you didn't get hazed like i said you they didn't mean that, they, didn't they didn't like, like, like you, you. Yeah. and that was a way of showing friendship at that time yeah in that era was people weren't like oh it was like you know they punch you in the arm and if you don't cry you're tough enough to be their friend okay you know
1: the lane today is it as <laughs> Aggressive as it was 20 years ago. But in its
2: own way. It's funny is that the ocean doesn't change. Okay. It just finds its own way to adapt to be scary. now it's scary because the people don't paddle into the white water; mm. They paddle into your face of the yeah, wave. Yeah, it makes
1: no sense. Okay, yeah, yeah.
2: So you're trying to surf or do a kickflip. And maybe you ha- or someone like me that maybe has a limited time to do these things. And you're like, oh, man, like. The dude's in your way. Yeah, every wave. And you know, I'm not, I can't say anything, but it, that now I'm trying to like, I've kick flipped a few people, um, kick flipped <laughs> over right. two people. Even one of them was my friend and another guy. My, and uh, he was a boogie boarder. And I have footage of it. I tried to kick flip him. I only so, half flipped so, it, to, like, dark slide over him both. <laughs> you know, it happens. Oh, sure. And then some guy threw his longboard in front of me the other day. And uh, this was like a price I paid to do it. It was like I, I all eat his board, and then I landed. And then the way the wave was in the chop, so I fell, didn't pull it. Yeah. And then his board flew over and hit me oh, shit. on top of the head when I was coming up. But I started laughing because I realized, you know, it's the price I paid to play. And he was like, yeah. wow, that was amazing. You eat my board because he didn't look like he didn't surf much. Yeah. So we were having fun. It was like, you know, it's part of the, you know, playing.
1: All right. So, What's the best yeah. wave in Santa Cruz? Are you going to tell us or no?
2: oh man i that was see when i, I grew up. you on the fl- spot well yeah. that's the reason i don't even really vlog or do all these things because when i was a kid you couldn't tell and that's why a lot of people didn't film yeah and why i probably don't f- like to you know oh no if I'm film that stuff just film the wave because when i grew up that was real important you couldn't like really say that you know
1: can identify where it was at yeah um, okay co- that's why cor- i had to ask you yeah i, I take that answer
2: yeah, I grew up in a weird time, especially like you would be that way. You could never live that one down, giving up the spots.
1: Okay. Do you drive a lot of town? Do you go up north and down south? Well, that's what I grew up doing. A lot of that was
2: escaping town or meeting, you know, or yeah. riding my bike across farm fields. And they used to shoot the rock salt at us, the farm workers. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, and the farmers themselves. Oh, they shoot. Yeah, I have friends that have scars no on their way. back. And, uh, cause they'd have their suit down, you know, you're riding as fast as you can on a summer day. Like, Oh my God, it's nice out. And you're riding across. and Then the farmer would drive up, boom, 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 start unloading on us. And then just cause uh, you
1: want to surf like on their property. Like, yeah. Cause we we're
2: going across their, their fields to get to yeah. these breaks that no one oh, could surf, dicks. And it was like super rad stuff it was super lame. And I, I can't go into where this spot was and he's not there anymore, but the guy had my name Zoltan, the farmer. <laughs> And it was suck because and he wore this gold medallion and he's the one who would stop you from surfing this spot because he was the owned the farmland there. Yes. And people got into it with that guy and even we had to do burnouts. Like he tried to trap our car and it was like such a bummer knowing because everyone would be like, "I hate that Zoltan guy, that Zoltan yeah. the farmer." I you, you know, that and I was like, that. "Damn it, damn it!" And but it was a great wave, so it was worth um, messing with the dude. Yeah. Uh, and he'd come on full on and having his wife. Screaming! Don't, don't hurt! You don't fight! You know, like screaming in some <laughs> other language. It was crazy stuff. It was the wildest stuff. I can't even.
1: Oh, that's funny. But was yeah, he Hungarian
2: like, also? I, I didn't ever get to get involved <laughs> with him he... in any positive way <laughs> because it was so crazy. It was me running down the railroad tracks. Yeah. were Railroad tracks, and I was running on down the railroad oh, tracks, shit. trying to escape him. Why everyone else that was older than me dealing with him and you know screaming yeah. and yelling and dirt clods and him throwing stuff and.
1: I had a lot in common. He's
2: <laughs> I was like, I always wanted to just go, and my brother said, "You should go tell him you have the same name, and can we surf the spot?" But I just figured, if I ever do get it caught, and then it's going to be even weirder.
1: Wow! That's <laughs> cool. Touch on your magic. Like, how important is that in your life? And you, how did you start doing magic?
2: This is pretty wild. So I'm a fourth generation magician.
1: Yes. yes.
2: And my great grandfather came over from a boat on, from Italy when he was 12 years old. And he was doing magic when he showed up in like Boston and everything all over to survive. And, you know, like doing magic. And then my grandfather started doing magic at a young age, Frank Pascarosa. And then he drove over with my grandmother all the way to like Monterey Mm -hmm. to find a new life.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: away from the city and then god he did he ended up in monterey bay cool pacific grove had my mom and she grew up doing magic shows with him on the weekend and then she ended up becoming genie houdini okay and then you know we did the magic always with her like she did with her father and then she was also in the movie killer clowns from outer space
1: yes and she's
2: the main clown uh, wow. she the clown uh, with the red nose. She does the candy gram, the, okay. you know, the puppet show. There's so many yeah. parts in it. She's the main one and she's signing autographs now. And it's funny cause she hates horror movies. Okay. And as a kid, cause I was like seven when she was in it, I was like so stoked. And it yeah. was like a B movie, you know, it wasn't even caught. And I was so proud. And I used to tell people, yeah, watch out. My mom's an ax murderer and she's going <laughs> to break into your house when you're sleeping and chop you up into little pieces. And kids would see her like, And get scared in front of their moms and their moms would be all, Zoltan told me, my son, that you're an expert. And she'd get all bummed out like, no, I was in a killer clown movie, you know, and she'd have to explain herself. Oh, that's funny. But it was, it was super sick. Like, so I grew up around, you know, doing this stuff in crazy big houses in Carmel from, I don't want to, you know, name drop but Like, you know, movie stars, houses Wow. from, you know, real high end, you know, oil tycoons. We would go and they had armed guards, you know, like you wouldn't be surprised the places that I've been to do magic shows. And I started at two years old. Wow. And she had uh, quite a great reputation Mm -hmm. in the Monterey Bay area and everywhere else. You know, growing up like with surfing and these, you know, gnarly people. And then also too, because it was my mom and I had even competed. This is the craziest thing is that people don't know is that I even competed in crazy like world championships at like magic conventions against like you know like best dudes from japan italy and me and my brother would win them and being like magic magazine and stuff and we because we we literally performed all the time and i remember being like eight years old and going against this 13 year old kid and he had two girl assistants matching blue suits the actual like cutting the girl in half and all the stuff and i had like you know just just a few of the old Italian magic tricks, you know, like the money maker and the, you know, baking the cupcake in their pocket. And I went yeah. up there, and even my grandpa was like, "Dang, this is your competition at the finale. Like, you're gonna have to duel this guy." Holy smokes, they pulled this one way out of the hat for you. Wow. And I remember being like, told that I was even gonna probably lose, like, even though we had won a like a, a lot of contests. And I man. remember being like, "All right, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna smoke this guy," and like getting all psyched like a surf contest. And yeah. I. Went up there and I, I did, you know, did my magic. And I remember being at the wards and they announced that kid second. And I went up there and like got the award and was in Magic Magazine. And it was like hilarious. Is my grandpa couldn't stop laughing because when he went to, you know, like hey, like we went to the actual like you know practice before Mm -hmm. in the hotel, even before we went to the, and I could barely do the stuff because I'd been surfing every day. And I was like, oh, man. He's like, what have you been doing? I've been, like, surfing and skateboarding because I was, like, before I had quit, this was my, my early days of surfing every day with my older brother, and I was uh-huh. like, what have you been doing, you surf punk? And yeah. I was just like, oh, man. But I ended up doing that, and it was crazy because going back to my mom being the magician and, then, like, meeting David Copperfield and being around wow. all this stuff and being kind of poised to be that and then meeting, like, say, uh, Richard Schmidt and then being raised around my dad. And my grandfather, like, you know, a lot of these guys were like war heroes and stuff. And, you know, like, you can't help it. You're a little boy. You want to be like them. You're like, oh, you know, mom does magic, you know, you know. And so it's like nothing against that. It's just that I wanted to kind of idolize these crazy dudes in the neighborhood. And then I bring magic involved, (laughs) you know, and bring the, you know, the revolution involved, kind of combined them all and then do it for my friend.
1: You had a lot of different influences from like all different types of people. That's rad. Right. Oh, absolutely.
2: I had crazy influences even at the skate park of guys that were doing the craziest stuff, but not doing it for any stickers, any sponsor. The love, The love of hanging out, barbecuing, hanging out all day at the skate park, living at the skate park, camping at the skate park, sleeping at the skate park, you know, losing everything in their life just to go to that skate park. Jobs, family. You know what I mean? And that was the dedication that was cool in my neighborhood, too, from like Walt, you know, Barney. These people lived to surf. There was nothing else.
1: You know, it was, pretty, yeah. it
2: was pretty magical.
1: Who's your favorite surfer today? Do you have one?
2: It sounds maybe cliche, but okay. I would say like Richard Schmidt and like Big Bird and like Vince and like, you know what I mean? like The guys you watched. And then his kids now. I surf with his kids, Richard Schmidt Jr., Makai, my brother Rigo. It's weird, as I like, still favorite thing is I like to watch a lot of like the surf movies that back in the day, like drop into the ozone and things okay, like yeah, that. Yeah. Ones that I were like, you know, uh, session impossible because Barney showed that to me when uh, down, you know, like when I was a little kid, like ones that I couldn't even, you know, like maybe have as a kid. Yeah. But like the older surf kid would put it in and be like, "Watch this! I'm in a surf movie." And you're like, "Oh my god." what what is this even like wow this is real like you're real like that dang bro you're the man and when he got the cover of surfer when i was a little kid yes um with the with the instinct on the board and the you know like and the camera on the board and he
1: that was insane it was super cool yeah you you lived around some of the most influential guys around and that's cool about your magic too like influential there too can you give us one name of someone you performed for Oh sure, like my mom's done
2: like you know like uh, Clint Eastwood's. That's house, what I was gonna there. I was
1: gonna ask go, you Clint. Yeah,
2: yeah, we've done all kinds of stuff. Um, I mean, like sheiks and where sheiks. they're like, yeah, no, I I mean crazy stuff. No, I believe they, you. They that's had like r- rubies, or you'd think it was fake because it would be like you know costume Massive. jewelry for my kids or something would be. And they're like, oh, that's you know, like it was like crazy stuff in there that you wouldn't believe going on. Wow, um,
1: people shit little money, huh?
2: Yeah. But it was funny because it always end up they would want you know us to perform in probably the most modest room where a lot of people would hang out. They'd have a huge house, but they okay. liked the homie. That was kind of a cool thing is that right it on. was interesting. It was a very interesting life. I learned how to be very professional at times.
1: So when you need to be. How is Santa Cruz today compared to when you were growing up? I guess we kind of already touched on it, but is it completely a different town? Do you like it still? That's really interesting. The sad part and
2: about a lot of it is that a lot of the people that I always talk about um, don't exist anymore. Yeah. And not because like, oh, I'm cool. They were cool or whatever. It's just like I miss calling them or driving down, you know, my mom's street and Barney, seeing Barney, mm-hmm. you know, because they only lived like, you know, three doors down from my mom's house, yeah. his mom's house. But his mom couldn't get get him to move out. So she moved out, gave him that. Like, <laughs> So Barney was such a wild kid. Like, you know what I'm saying? So anyways, but. I, it was like fun just to see these people or have Carl call me, you know what I mean? Or go yeah. surf with them. Uh, cause it was like a big part of my days. I'd drive down the street and that guy would come bouncing out like, mm-hmm. you know, like the clown, like the Joker. And I put on <laughs> weird music just to trip him out and he'd go, you're listening to that? Like, all, <laughs> you know, just, it was just fun stuff. You know, we were always kind of one upping each other without knowing it with teasing each other. Yeah. And like people like, cause it was a major heckling. Okay. and teasing and making fun of each other Shit talking yes and now like if you were to do that and barney always said how much he loved me and my brother because he could do that with us and we would tease him back and never yeah get didn't all, take it personal know, no or get all but you know what i'm saying like yeah i
1: know 100% what you're saying
2: yeah because now like if you say the things like i don't even realize it like the stuff that i say to people and they're like Oh, you, 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 like, like like a little, like three-year-old getting tea Like, I don't know what to say. And it's like a grown man. And I was saying it as a joke, like, and you have something funny going on and you can't help it. And if I did, I could take a joke about that. Yeah. But anyways.
1: (laughs) And wave pools. Have you surfed a wave pool? Yes. And how does your uh, kickflip translate to a wave pool? Does it do well or no? I was very lucky. Okay. It worked out uh, first
2: time in a wave pool. I was able to land the first as far as i know documented w- kickflip okay cool a few years ago yeah, i didn't know this okay and yeah and then i've done it a few times more okay. on video um it's always which important waypool? to have it on video
1: <laughs> What's which way pool uh
2: the one in waco Waco, okay but i want to get because i can only get the not the ramp air ramp okay I only got to use the air ramp for a second because it was there with someone else's party and stuff. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, I didn't get like a real chance to do kick flips off the section part. Yes. But I did it on the trestle setting um, and I did it a few times and it was honestly insane, bro. Like okay. I don't I hate to say that. Like, No. But it was awesome. It was awesome and the wave had strength and I had the same worries because um, like even wake surfing – was way harder in it in a lot of ways to translate because the water flows the other way yeah the wave pool was cool and you could get like barreled and you could do airs on it you could do smashes you could do cutbacks yeah and the people were super cool and i love the food so a plus the facility was awesome as far as i was concerned you're a
1: blue a blue collar worker surfer right yeah i would imagine that's what you would call me yeah right so right. are these guys when you go to Waco and stuff, is this on your own dime, or is someone paying for you to go out there and do this? Well, I got to go out a little more.
2: I had sponsor at the time help okay. a little bit with it. I'll be I mean, I'll be honest with you. No, yeah, that's yeah. the true Um
1: honesty's good. Yeah, and that's why I did it and I would think these guys that some of these companies that have big money that are having these surf parties should be inviting you. I think you the things you could do would blow their minds. Well, you know what's
2: the uh, Gosh, you know, i it's hard sometimes, too. It's like, you know, oh, here, bring this guy, and he's doing stuff we're not doing, and then we have him do it. It's a hard one because it, it reminds me of when I was little skateboarding, and kids would have half pipe in their backyard, and I couldn't skateboard it. Mm. Like, they don't want you to skateboard it. They don't want to be done up by you, you think?
1: Is that what you're saying? I, I'm
2: not here to say that. Maybe they just don't want to skateboard with me. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't really, you know, I mean, at that point, I don't, I'm not, but they're not inviting me and it's nothing against anyone. It's like, okay. that's what sucks about my neighborhood because like with the people that I used to grow up with, like Vince being my first uh, surfboard sponsor yeah, and hooking me up, like with those people not being around, God bless them, you know, like they were really helping and helping me in intram- too many ways. And that's why I'm lucky to have like Rooster Brand and Crowd Control give some boards yeah. and, and
1: Speaking of you on your, uh, on your Instagram, you said you well, you do have a little sponsor. You have a uh, big peach treats. What's up with that?
2: Oh uh, Yeah. Um, is that like a
1: cookie company? What is it? Tell us about
2: it. Yeah, no, I'm super lucky. And like, I didn't want to let, like, you know, but yeah, that's a big part of it for me and like staying loose and not being, you know, like being 12 years later and still pulling first in wake yep. surfing is kickflip, you know, like, is eating good cookies. And I figure if it's good enough for Tyson, yeah. it's good enough for me because they make cookies with Tyson. Um they have the insane cookie with Cypress Hill Be Real. Okay. So it's really cool. And I'm at, you know, if you I'll have a merch code too for eventually for people. All right. I've personally hurt myself so bad surfing not that long ago, put my leg through my board mm-hmm. and then bent my leg backwards. And I was <sighs> like, oh my God, am I gonna I couldn't walk take a walk with the wife and kids or like walk my mom's dogs or like you know what I mean just do something that just anyone wants to do yeah and I wasn't thinking about surfing or doing kickflips or doing new tricks only thing that helped was eating the cookies and it and that's what really and I was lucky enough to go to a party where they gave me the cookies when they had a you know be real there and everything oh cool so I went to a little party that they had you know for like people big pete's treats And so I got some cookies and thank God right before that. And then I broke my board and hurt my knee real bad, hurt my leg, ate the treats, was able to sleep. Nothing else was working. It was scaring me. I was like, oh my God, like brought the inflammation down. So anyways, it it was like Popeye eating the spinach. And then I bounced back. (laughs) I felt strong as heck. It was weird. It, It really did. It actually brought me back. And so anyways... I figured if it's good enough for Mike Tyson, it's good enough for me. So
1: There you go. I like yeah. that. I'll, I'll, put the, I'll put the website on the on the show notes for this. Oh, I appreciate that, man. I really do. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Is there anything we're missing here, Zoltan? Just that I'm
2: very grateful for you having me on the show. Dude, I thank you so much
1: for coming on. Stoked.
2: Yeah, I'm really stoked to talk to people that are very like-minded and real stoked to Carl, to DJ James. Brett, crowd control, Gavin, Stewie, everyone on the boat that day. And to any boat companies out there, let's go ride. Let's go do stuff. Wake surf companies, let's go. Because if this is the trick that I entered the sport in, and I've still only done it about 25 times, imagine if I could really ride and mm-hmm. what I could do. Or even wave pools, let's go. Dude. Invite me, let's show up. I mean, like I said, I'm doing it because I love
1: it, but I'm ready to you know throw some new moves down. So dude, I love it. All right. All right, everybody. It's Mike and Zoltan and Turkos. Did I say it right? Yeah, that's great. That's great. All right. We're out of here. Thanks you guys. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, right on.
0: 100 foot out choke food 100, 100 racks on a slusters Slippery Big guns like my food, my food. Trap jumping like a kangaroo 100 foot out choke food 100, 100 racks on a surf, dude Slippery Big guns like my food, my food. Trap jumping like a kangaroo You know we don't fuck with no cooks. Your boo on my dick to They calling me Duke, I'm stacking the loot I'm ripping your chick in the coop Scared. She grabbing a hold of my leggy Play <laughs> jelly that get you my weddy the train is so heavy she thinks that I'm charging the Eddie Eddie for our choke, 100 100 racks on a soft dude Slippery, big guns like Mark Food, Mark Food Trap jumping like a kangaroo Hunter for our choke hood, 100 racks on a surf, dude. Slippery. Big guns like Mark Foote. Mark Foote. Trap jumping like a kangaroo. Surf so trap. I'm stacking that money. Cash. Your shorts are red Ferrari. He starts to call me Dundee. Diamonds are surfing McFlurry. Dread. You want me to teach you to surf. Splash. I'm pulling up, ripping the verse, Skirt. I'm leaving these cooks in the hearse. They get moved 100 foot on their head. They get work. 100. 100 foot out. Trap food. 100, 100. racks on a surf, dude. Slippery. Big guns like Mark Foote. Mark Foote. Trap jumping like a kangaroo. Woo. Slippery, big guns like my foot. Trap jumping like a kangaroo. You know we don't fuck with no cooks. You know we don't fuck with no cooks. They calling me do, I'm stacking the loot. I'm ripping your chick in cook. you know the cooks You know we don't fuck with no cooks. You know we don't fuck with no cooks. They calling me do, I'm stacking the loot. I'm ripping your chick in the coop.
1: Hey, you guys, Endless Summer box set. This thing is legit. It's authentic. Numbered certificate in it. It has a five-frame film strip. From the original print, you literally own a piece of history. It has a specially minted bronze medallion. Dude, that thing's sick. Okay, there's so much more here. Go to the show notes. There's a link on there. Go check this piece of history out. This thing's rad. Seriously. Smithsonian American History Museum has it. It took four years of research with 3.5 in production. All hand assembled. This thing's rad. So much to this awesome box set. Remastered DVD. Sharper images than the original film. But dude, this thing's so sick. Link in the show notes.